All right. Uh, forgive the for, forgive what follows. Cast Iron Brains, a podcast that recognizes that though we live in highly divided times in a country teeming with some truly reprehensible human beings, at least we can all agree that Tom Brady is the absolute worst of them. Tom Brady, who sells a $150 5-inch in diameter vibrating pliability sphere, which optimizes playability and faster recovery by developing positive brain-to-muscle neuropathways, and a $160 vibrating playability roller, which is a foundational tool of the TB12 philosophy. Who wants to sell you a $20 a month subscription to his fucking brain games and workout app? Tom Brady, a good quarterback who lucked into the greatest situation a good quarterback could possibly luck into and commoditized that born-on-thirdness into a lifestyle brand that wants to convince you that you, too, can be Tom Brady great if you buy his $160 resistance training rubber bands and his $26 per pound protein powder and his $15 per plate TV dinner. If you want to be great, like hashtag TB12, just take a glass of purified water and splute some of this electrolyte squirtle in there and drink up, drink up, drink it down at $30 an ounce. Buy all this stuff from Tom Brady. And don't forget the $30 TB12 trucker hat and the $60 TB12 performance leggings. Tom Brady, who believes that he doesn't get sunburns because he drinks a lot of water. Seriously, buy this cloying, dumb luck horseshit repackaged as virtuous, class-climbing self-improvement from this craven fraud. Tom Brady, who is partnered with a quack doctor who used to run infomercials, selling an entirely bogus nutritional supplement that he claimed would cure and prevent cancer, heart disease, and diabetes. Oh, and it'll help you lose weight, too, of course. Tom Brady, who is the proud owner and frequent displayer of Tom Brady's face. Tom Brady is American credulity in a person shape. Tom Brady is what every loafered corporate stooge is talking about when he aspirationally exhorts the back wall of the meeting room to cut personnel costs because maximizing profits is what living the dream looks like. Tom Brady makes me think and say things like fucking white people. Tom Brady, once proud displayer of a MAGA hat in his locker in support of his friend, Donald. Go ahead. Root for the inevitable. Root for the undeniable greatest of all time. Someone so thoroughly coronated that even to question his greatness is to betray your seething hatred. Go ahead. Root for someone who's received a quarter of a billion dollars in compensation from NFL owners, who's married to someone who's earned half a billion dollars because her physical characteristics arouse a very broad spectrum of the human population, who decided that all that money wasn't enough. And that what he really needed to do was create a lifestyle brand empire to vacuum up whatever dollars might be there for the taking among all the suckers who have been convinced of the mistaken notion that the extraordinary series of impossibly fortuitous events that landed Tom Brady where he is today can be yours and more if only you and your wallet are pliable enough. Go Chiefs. My name is Bob.
sitting across the way from my good friend and co-host. That's Abe. How you doing tonight, Abe? Doing well, Bob. Yeah, here we are. <laughs> Lori's here too. How you doing, Lori? I'm okay. I should probably return that TB12 method pliability <laughs> shield that I bought you for your birthday. I guess now so. That I've heard all that. How's your elbow? Elbow's fine. <laughs> all of that may be true, Bob. Uh, counterpoint. <laughs> <laughs> He has this quack doctor, like you said, this dietitian, and yet, you know, maybe there's something to it. Look at it. He's 43. Nope. He's very pliable, right? There's something to it. I, I do think life. that I, too, could do all the shit he does if I spent time and energy on it. Right, but other similarly financed quarterbacks, like Drew Brees, he's broken down. None of them have maybe, you know, you need to have a little faith. I will say, in my defense, I, I don't care if Tom Brady wins or not. It's just a fun, funny little story that they get to host a team. He's kind of an old goober. He's very weird. And it'd just be f- amusing to me, who had no rooting interest in the Super Bowl, to see him win. Because it would just be funny. There's a, there also, is a funniness say- to Tom Brady winning another Super Bowl without the Patriots and Bill Belichick. There's something funny right, about yeah. that. And, and also, for some reason, a lot of the former, I mean, the current Patriots fans seem to be a little conflicted about yeah. because maybe They're, they were comfortable yes, knowing that he was a funny. system. Right. Which is weird. You would think that you would want him to succeed to say that he's not simply just a system guy. No. He can do it anywhere at any age. You the know? only sort of possible hard. upside is that Bill Belichick will be mad if Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's true. That is the only defensible reason. <laughs> To hope for yes. any outcome on Sunday besides Tom Brady's knee exploding. <laughs> I did say at the beginning of the year, just to show you how uh, I don't stand by anything. Uh, at the beginning of the year, I uh, I guessed or predicted that Tom Brady would not see through the season because he would be injured in some and way. And here he is. And here he is. I was like, all right, fair enough, fucking guy. Also, what's lost in uh, the, possib- the, the humorous aspect of the... Tampa Bay team winning, it won't be like on merit. It'll be some series of unfortunate events happening to the Chiefs. It'll be like some sort of goofy turn. It'll be one of those things. Right. The it Chiefs won't are be a just better like team. They, yeah. So it'll have to be some sort of goofy scenario where things just kind of break Tom Brady's way. Almost and, like, you know, almost like he goes into like his 15th uh, conference championship game or whatever that was <laughs> and throws three <laughs> shitty interceptions and wins yes. the game anyway because anyway, the opposing coach right. is a moron. Yes. I mean, I've gone yes. on many different records about how I hate Tom Brady so much. But, like, I don't hate him as much right now in this moment pre-Super Bowl with the – what is it? What the Bucks? Yeah. Some random thing. That's it's the thing. It's funny. Like, I'm just going to go to Tampa. I don't want like, him it's to like some... win, but I don't want him right. to lose as much as I normally do. That is true. I do hate him, obviously. I have my own personal reasons for that. <laughs> Dreadful human being, <laughs> Tom Brady. And also, Bob, your, your, your team, the G-Man, defeated him twice, right? Which, so by the uh, way, I, and I'll stand by this uh, completely indefensible position. If the 6-10 and 10 Giants <laughs> had sneaked into the playoffs, because like, in that last week, all that had to happen was for Dallas to beat uh, the Washington football team. And... Right. Then the, or no, the Eagles. Eagles. For, excuse me. The Eagles needed to. Yeah, that, that's where uh, 
there was some sort of collusion where the Eagles like put right. in some and, like... and all of a sudden, <laughs> the Eagles quarterback of the future, Jalen Hurts, is not in the game anymore because they right. want to know what they have in their third <laughs> stringer, who's definitely not going to be on the team and going Hurts forward. And Jalen was playing well. Right. And so then yeah, they know the what stupid they had Redskins <laughs> sneak into the playoffs. Yeah. And then get so and then they to lose run? to the to the Tampa Bay team. If the Giants right and they yeah like that is the sort of team that beats Tom Brady in the playoffs is a six and ten Giants right. team. Almost the former Redskins did it. In, they could have stopped this whole thing from from happening. No, that's they not had, what they, they do. Them well. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, Super Bowls this weekend. We'll do uh, we'll do that's picks right. at the end. Big mystery. <laughs> Which way I'm leaning. <laughs> Uh, today is Monday, February first, twenty twenty one. Already in February, this month, this year is going by. It is our anniversary, Lori and I. It's our anniversary. Oh no, kidding! When we got, got married. married. What year, Abe? Do you think that, was it? <laughs> how, many <laughs> years, how many years have we been married, Abe? All right. When was Calvin nope. born? No, nope. no hints. <laughs> Uh, if I had to take first a guess, first of all, first I of all, s- how dare you <laughs> with that question? No, because I think I could do some sort of triangulation through that, like oh, just Called subtract two years or something. Yeah. Uh, um, I would. Uh, I don't know. It, 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 was it before or after Bin Laden was killed? Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say before 2011. Lock it in. Oh, very close. Oh, very close. 2012. We've been married. Oh, so after Bin Laden. Married nine years. Yeah, we. so Bin Laden got killed, and that's when we decided to <laughs> like, get married. Yeah, like, we might as well. I didn't want to bring any children into this, into this world as long as Osama Bin Laden was still cowering in his cave. Which leaves open the possibility that one or more of my children are uh, born again, the, the reborn soul of... Oh, it's Katie, you guys. No, it's, it's totally yeah. Katie. So souls can't overlap, right? You, it has to. Yeah, okay. there's no overlap, and I don't know if you've met her, but like that's what the that's what her problem is. <laughs> she's got Taliban. She's got some sort of Osama bin Laden vibes. Yeah. Married nine years. Our marriage, our our anniversary wedding date is not. It's not too terribly sacred in our. Uh, the long storied history of our relationship. It's sandwiched between Bob's birthday and the Super Bowl, so it just kind of gets. It's just there. Yeah. People, uh, so you y'all didn't do the whole big thing. Well, nope. we did nothing. Right. Right. One of the greatest so things. Is, the greatest thing we ever did was not having a wedding. Right. So, so the 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 February first is the actually getting the court paperwork. Yeah, it was just stuff? like yeah. some Wednesday it's, that we went and okay. we. Got married by a judge. It was great. Okay. Oh, great. We ate at Copper Creek. Yeah. It no longer oh, exists. Oh, nice. Copper Creek doesn't exist. I don't know if Walker's Pub is still there. I or think it is. Went to get Are drinks. these like uh, casualties of the pandemic or pre-existing? It, I think uh, Copper, Copper Creek, Creek died closed a while ago. Yeah. Okay. Also, they they killed the best uh, restaurant chicken sandwich that had ever existed long before uh, their eventual demise. Which was a damn shame. Wow. Let's see. Last week, I must say, for uh, listeners out there, 
who don't listen to every episode. You should go back and listen to last week's episode. Last week was a really good episode of Cast Iron Brains. Last week's episode was the best episode because we talk about cats, purebred and well, non. Right. And we talk about <laughs> cast iron skillets and not much else. Yeah. Like, why yes. don't we just do that every week? Because the problem know. is that, like, that sort of magic only happens, like, once every ten times that you do a fully unprepared episode. So you'd have to sit right. through a whole bunch of shit to get to <laughs> the good episodes, right? And so tonight we have a little bit more of an outline as to what we want to talk about. Lame. Hey, but it should be noted here at the top so we don't get in any trouble. Cast Iron Brains is not a financial advice podcast. We we are not. That's right. Don't we have no fiduciary responsibility to anyone, and uh, that you therefore should not take our advice when it comes to what to do with your investment dollar. I do have this book here. Although Lori does have <laughs> oh, there you mm, go. Business a textbook <laughs> in her hand. It's all you need. So. Uh, hashtag finance anyway although i will say uh my experience uh, over the last week with this uh the stock stuff that we're going to talk about is more akin to like just sports gambling Abe, the the correct word is, is stonks i believe <laughs> i can't keep up with all the the terminology yeah. so i'm just going to use the standard words crazy story uh this this whole GameStop story and I suppose it's the sort of thing that we should summarize for people who, for whatever reason, have not been paying attention. But I've sort of been swimming in it, so maybe I'm not best equipped for that. But basically what's been going on is that back in 2019, this guy is just a random guy who likes to research the stock market and post about it on the internet, on, on Reddit, came to the conclusion that GameStop was an undervalued stock and this was in direct opposition to basically all of the collective conventional wisdom on Wall Street and among uh, hedge funds and basically everybody else in the market like GameStop is a physical retail outlet they have stores in malls and strip malls all over this country they were a big deal for the last 20 years or so but given the general death of retail combined with the fact that any video game that you want to buy can now just be downloaded like if you are on a nintendo switch or you're on a playstation you just go to the store on the internet on your machine and you buy it and download it and there's not ever really any reason to go to the store to buy from a GameStop, where it costs $60 to go and buy the physical copy of the game from the store. Always $60 for some and reason. And it's still $60. It's what it costs. It's just $60. To go and download it uh, and put it on your machine. But you don't have to leave the house, right? So the thinking is, right. especially you know in pandemic year, GameStop probably doesn't have much of a future. Uh, even though it's basically the only game in town in terms of this particular function there's not a lot but they're of like reason to think they're like a the blockbuster of video games right yeah i mean they were also one of the only ones and they bought the other technology because right? there used to be other ones but i think gamestop bought all of them right but it, it makes sense yeah for all the people that are throwing the money into shorting it thinking that it's gonna right. so that's go the down. that's the there's a logic to it is it it turns out that this guy figured out along with the people at uh, a subreddit called Wall Street Bets, which is sort of this 
I mean, it's hard to explain it if you're not familiar with that particular subculture, but it's it would be described on NPR or the New York Times as being uh, toxic or like at least toxic adjacent in terms of the, yeah. the language that they use. The way that they refer to one another is they call each other retards, uh, which itself right. is Affectionately, it's so. obviously a, a non-PC word, but they're also doing it to each other as a way of signaling to the in-group that they're not PC types, in addition to sort right. of admitting on the face that the activity that they're engaged in is inherently ridiculous. Um, but anyway, so Wall Street thinks that GameStop is in big trouble, and so a lot of these hedge funds uh, make Wal- make GameStop the most shorted stock on the stock exchange. And what that means, as we've discussed previously, is that what you can do is you can place a bet that the current value of any given stock is going to go down. And the way that you do that is you, quote-unquote, borrow the stock from someone who owns it. You sell it at the price. Say you sell it for $10, and then you wait for the price to go down to where you think its actual value is, say, $3. Then you buy it back, and you give it back to the person you borrowed it from, and now you've pocketed $7, right? Because you... If things, if, if everything goes well, if everything if, if goes well, right? That's good. Then if you, then which is why that the the profit potential is whatever you borrowed it at, all the way down to zero, times the number of shares that you borrowed and bought and sold. Whereas the potential for loss is basically uh, there is no ceiling on that, right? Because right. if you borrow a stock that is $10 today, thinking that it's going to go down next week to $3, but actually it turns around and rallies to $100. And then that person says, right. give me my stock back. Then you have to go out and buy that stock at the inflated $100 price and give it back to that person. And now you've realized a loss of $90. Right. And, and then you multiply that by many, many hundreds of millions of dollars because they're not dealing with uh, just a few stocks here and there. These are hedge funds that deal in the in the tens and hundreds of millions of dollars at a time. And 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 so basically, just just to kind of reiterate what you said, the floor is zero. So you can only go down to zero. But since you're doing this opposite, bizarre, reverse thing, you can go as high as whatever the stock goes. So you're if you bought ten shares at a, at one price, and you you have to pay back that ten share at a future date, if it's like 2000 you have to pay that new amount. Right, and, and so GameStop, which had been trading in 2019 for like between, I think, 10 and $20, it was pretty stable at like 15 or $19 or something like that when this guy on Reddit thought that it was an undervalued asset, which he's probably wrong about, right? So that's, well, but, that's something but, to keep in mind, is that he's probably wrong about it. So let me ask you something. Right, is that what happened? I thought... The way that I read it is that, on Reddit, uh, is that the idea was that the people that were shorting the stock, they were shorting more than 100% of the, the shares available. Right. So And so they were kind of, yeah. Eventually, it got to the point where this stock, and there's no, that that's what's, and this is where it starts getting into very confusing and uh, very opaque things about the way our financial markets work which is that we don't have any idea in a real sense how much of GameStop's stock had been shorted, right? How much of it had been borrowed from people who actually owned it and then uh, sold 
and that was sitting out there waiting to be called back. They, they, they don't know. So there, there are firms out there that estimate that sort of thing. And they believe that it was anywhere from like 120% to 140% of GameStop's total stock was shorted. And what that means is that, say there are, and I'll just make up numbers here, say there are 50 million available uh, public shares of GameStop to go around. That What that means is that something like 60 or 70 million times a hedge fund had bet against an each of those individual stocks. So they created out of now this is where we get into what naked short selling is, which is where you don't actually borrow the stock, you just borrow against the idea of the stock. And so if you're ever at a point where a stock is overshorted beyond how many publicly available shares there are, then you're definitely dealing in something called naked short selling. And all that is, all that is is a it what it amounts to is Wall Street having the ability to counterfeit shares into existence in order to attempt to make a, a buck on them. Right. And, and yeah, part of the problem is that nobody knows. You basically have to guess how, how many shorts are out there on the available data. And what ends up happening with GameStop is it goes from $15 a share in 2019, or even less than that uh, in 2019, and as recently as like last Wednesday or Thursday, I think, was trading as high as $483 a share, making it like, you know, one of the most valuable companies in the world. Right. Despite the right. fact that it's, it's definitely not that. And everybody, I don't think there's any, any argument against this is that no one thinks that it's, this company is worth the current valuation. Right, no. Right? The, the reason why the price is so high is because everybody's trying to get in on the drive up the, the, the shares, and then it hurts all of these rich hedge fund Right, and so it's become are, this like this moral battle. It's become this, it's be, being framed as a David versus Goliath thing. It's being framed as a as Occupy Wall Street, but with actual tools, as, as opposed to just camping out in Zuccotti Park in, uh, <laughs> out, outside of uh, the big banks in, in New York City. Now we have the ability, we the people, the 99%, to use the terminology of the time, to fight back against the people who just invent money out of thin air for themselves. Right. But those rich people got a little help what was it like on wednesday or thursday what was it there was like a lot of shenanigans going on with companies such as Robinhood. right so Robinhood is this website slash app that allows you to make free trades on the stock market you don't pay a, any sort of brokerage fee right you basically just log into your app and you say i want to buy you don't even have to buy shares you want to buy a certain dollar amount of a company so like a, yeah. a tesla share or whatever costs like $800 or something. Well, the average dude can't go out and buy five shares of Tesla when it costs $800. Right. But what you can do is you can buy a piece of that. So you say, I have $150 this week left over in my paycheck that I don't know what to do with. So I'm going to buy some fractional shares of Tesla because I like what Tesla is doing. And so you fire up your Robinhood app and you can just, you can buy a small piece of Tesla with your $150 and it doesn't cost you anything. Cost one hundred and fifty dollars. Right, but then you own you own the thing. You own a piece of Tesla, and if Tesla becomes more valuable, you can then turn around and sell it for two hundred and fifty dollars the next day, or you can hold it when it gets, or you know you can lose some money that way. Right. The problem 
that you're talking about, the shenanigans, is that as all of this is happening, Robinhood and a bunch of the other discount retail stockbrokers, the Schwabs and the TD Ameritrades and uh, even like Cash App. On Cash App, I didn't know this until last week, you can I buy and either. sell yeah. stocks and fractional stocks and right. the crypto and stuff. cryptocurrencies. They started making it more difficult for the everyman, for the idiots on Reddit, for you and me, to go out there and buy these things. They put a freeze. Select, yeah, select companies, right? So they, it wasn't for everything, but like specifically, it was the GameStop. It was like half, uh, AMC, it's like half a dozen Blackberry. companies. Yeah, BlackBerry, Bed yeah. Bath and Beyond, I think, fell into this somehow. <laughs> but basically, all of these are companies that are on this sub forum on Reddit. They are basically saying, let's let's all get in on this. Let's all get in on AMC or let's all get in on whatever. And it still remains an unusual move by – it started with Robinhood, and they're getting the most flack, deservedly so. But, yeah, there were other companies. I think E-Trade was also you know, doing the same right. for so a little bit. Robinhood and a few of these other ones, but Robinhood's the one that is making all the news because Robinhood is sort of the preferred – forum for making these trades among this community they disallow the buying of the stock i think it was thursday morning they said you can no longer buy the stock you can sell by all means right. you can close out your right. position you're allowed to do right. everything on our app except buy these half a dozen stocks and the reason for that they say is right. to one the first rationale that they give was to protect this is for your own good. We don't want <laughs> we don't want you getting in trouble. Then the second rationale that they came up with is that we were required to expand how much money we have at our on, on margin, they call it. Basically, their creditors, their funders were saying, if you're going to be spreading all of this money around, we want you to prove that you have a higher pile of money than we've previously asked you to prove. So sort of like going right. when you go to a bank and a bank has to keep X percentage of the money in the vault, but then it can turn around and loan out. So that, you know, so right? You, it's like a formula to kind of to, to to be stable and healthy going right. forward. Right, and so they hid behind that, saying that. But but of course, that didn't make a whole lot of sense either. Right there, there, there was, um, and th it sounds like they're, they're finding a reason after the fact to hide behind. But I think, don't they? Like, if you deposit certain amounts of money, it takes a couple of days for it to go through the system, but they'll front you the money. Up front, right. so you can start investing on it. So maybe they can say, "Well, we're actually on the hook for that for the day or two it takes to come from your bank into our account." So what do you? think? I mean, you know, there were a lot of uh, obviously conspiracy theories were out and about that. You know, Robinhood is on the take because they are financially well, because connected owned and, to companies and beholden to right. all of the same companies that we're talking about here. Do you think that there's any merit to that? Of course there is. <laughs> this is this isn't a conspiracy. This is just the way the system works, right? Right. Like that's what Right, but I mean the, they'll deny it, you know. I, I don't think they'll, they'll they'll come a point where they'll say, "No, well, you know, that that went into our thinking." I mean, the notion that the SEC is going to be able to hold anyone to account or is, has any interest in holding anyone to account on this stuff is laughable. When you talk, I mean, if the cop on the beat is making $50 a week or whatever, and he's trying to police somebody who makes $100 million a week, right? Then right. It's, it's not a fair fight. And that's sort of right. the SEC is the $50 cop on the beat here. They, right. Anything that they can dole out in terms of punishment utterly is dwarfed 
with the amount of money that's actually at stake here. Right. Now, if a bunch of people on Reddit, um, you know, it snowballs from there, but like that's where it started. If they can have any impact in, in the stock market, then there's not a lot of money there. Th- this must mean that the market is there to be manipulated and people are doing that constantly the problem um, the problem here is that we we as a as a public we're playing with sticks and and tennis balls in the driveway or in the street and these people are playing with these people are playing major league baseball right and right. even with the tools at our disposal on that, that we've never had before if you walk into Yankee Stadium holding your stick and your tennis ball, you're going to get blown out of the water by the Yankees, right? And it's right. And I'm speaking in metaphor because to try to speak about this in terms of what's actually happening is to completely lose the thread basically right away. And I've, I've spent most of the last week absolutely swimming in this stuff on Wall Street bets and like trying to figure out what's going on. And who's pulling what strings where and, and reading all of this stuff about how these how this sort of thing can happen and whether or not it's legal. And I right. have barely scratched the surface on understanding any right. of it. It's it's nearly right. incomprehensible. But you cannot overstate how much these people are simply making it up as they go along and that, that they they basically do whatever they want to do and they get away with it. Now, if everybody agrees that obviously uh, GameStop's current valuation is artificial, like, are there other stocks that are similarly overvalued? Like, I remember we were talking about, I don't know if it was a month ago or before then, uh, when I just, because I don't understand how some of this stuff works in, in, in the sense that how is it that Hilton is worth a fraction of what like Airbnb is worth? And, and and that you know you were explaining how the technology and it's actually a bad thing to have uh, real estate because it could be a, a negative or whatever. But like, what if Airbnb they're doing some sort of shenanigans with it to kind of drive up the cost to make it seem like it's worth something that it's not? I mean, it's worth something, but is it worth what it's currently valued at? And and how many other companies can you say that about as well? Right. Like maybe it's just all a house of cards here. Right. Except that none of that matters to this conversation, which is what's so insane, is that the actual value, like you have to completely divorce yourself from the idea that the numbers next to these ticker symbols are at all reflective of real value, that those two things have anything to do with one another, because they really fundamentally don't. When you have thousands of companies through the years that have been destroyed by these hedge funds who just pick a company they say we don't like that company and then they short it to death and they're able to completely kill that company this has happened literally thousands of times isn't that i mean the the big short the movie was kind of about that the uh the those accountant that accounting firm from the early aughts was something similar where there is some value into saying I'm looking at the the quarterly statements and all of these other indicators, and this company is not worth what it's worth. I'm going to short it uh, because it's poorly run or it's corrupt. And then when the truth comes out, the talk, the, the the stock tanks. Then the people who saw it ahead of time profited off it. So there is some sort of useful value of shorting it. But it, if you're making up imaginary shares that you can bet against, in theory, right? In th- what what you're describing is the 
is the defensible argument for allowing this sort of thing in a quote-unquote free market to happen, right? Is that it right. incentivizes uh, open books and truth-telling and right. and making sure because that, if all th that re the value right. is accurately reflected in the stock price. Right, because if so many people or especially like smart, wise investors are betting against you, then other people will say, well, maybe – what are they seeing? What numbers are they looking at that gives them confidence in betting against this, you know, up until now, you know, highly valued company, right? And then they dig deeper. It causes people or incentivizes people to look into it deeper, and then the whole thing falls apart because they were doing something wrong. So in the best case scenario, something like that would happen. It'll keep everybody honest. Right, except what's, actually, what's actually happening is that people are inventing out of thin air – stock shares that actually do not exist and then they're pretending right. that they, they sort of launder them through the system so that now they've convinced like three or four or five times that this thing exists when in fact it never actually existed right it never actually yeah it just exists for the purpose of them making more money when the company doesn't inevitably go down right and so but if it goes the other way you're gonna be on the hook for billions and what, like what's been going on with the gamestop stock in particular in the last couple of days is that it's it's sort of stabilized around I mean stabilized is very much the wrong word for what's been going on <laughs> with the GameStop stock but like 300 250 300 dollars or so per share which is obvious like obviously to anyone who knows anything a vast overvalue of of what's actually there but what's going on is that the amount of shares being traded back and forth is minuscule compared to what was happening last week because you've now got the entire retail sector that all of the dudes from Reddit, everybody who has the who have these apps, are unable to buy them in any sort of quantity. So they re they relax the restrictions, but as of today, as of this afternoon, you could only buy as many as twenty shares of GameStop on Robinhood, right? So they went from not letting yeah. you buy any, so now you can buy buy as many as twenty. But when you talk about being the ability to move markets, the ability to change the price through the laws of supply and demand, mm -hmm. that's impossible if you're restricting the market so severely right. in that way. And right. so that all it's that's like left to do traffic. is for these yeah. suckers to sell out of their positions at a loss and, and to help let Wall Street off the hook. Now, it turns out the estimate currently is that about half of those shorts have been those, – those, they've been moved off of those positions, they've sold out, and they've lost billions of dollars. One firm, Melvin Capital, would basically be insolvent right now, save for the fact that they were bailed out by another hedge fund. And that's that's sort of the game here, right? Is that right. the further they can extend this, the further the banks can extend this, the more painful it becomes for the individual investor. And right. as long as they all have each other's backs, because that's the other interesting thing is who is making this short call, right? It's not any right, of the people – who are holding yeah. the stocks expecting it to like skyrocket because if the squeeze really happens then there legitimately is not a ceiling onto how high this can go right now realistically it's probably around $1000 or something before everybody's just like oh fuck like yeah. this thing that i bought because for $20 like the, is now worth $1000 yeah. i'm going to sell like fuck this stupid yeah. me, uh, meme stock stuff that i'm doing on reddit i'm going to make a, a I mean, killing here you don't want to be you don't want to be too greedy. I mean, everyone that bought in at whatever price, there was going to come a time. I don't. Most people wouldn't even be a thousand. It'll probably be like four hundred, which I think it hit for a brief period of time. Uh, at some point, you're going to say, "All right, 
I got what I can get out of this. Let me get out at the highest point that I can, you know, maybe I'll go slightly higher than where I am now, but like, let me just get out and I'll feel comfortable getting out. So yeah, eventually it would go the other way, but not before all of those people take a bath. And, and, and you're right. If, if somebody doesn't bail you out or if you don't, if you don't, if you don't have the capital and if you don't, you don't have the reputation, they'll call it at that moment. So you have to pay back at that price point, whatever it is. Right. And, and it's, other, it's other Wall Street banks who are going to be making the call, right? Right. So it comes down to, are we going to eat our own? Are we going to allow right. these scumbags on the internet to kill, <laughs> to kill one of our brothers because they figured right. out a way to game the system? No, we own the system. We are the system. Right. And you can all eat shit is what they're going right. to say. And so they've been right. what they've been doing in the last couple of trading days is they do these what, what's called short ladder attacks, where one Wall Street firm sells they sell stock to each other back and forth at a at an increasingly lower price, which doesn't make any sense, right? Because right. They're, they're reversing the dynamics of what supply and demand is supposed to do, which is that if right. if person A wants to buy a stock from person B, then person B gets to set the price. Right, not person yeah. A, but instead, what's right. happening is they're selling them back and forth to each other at increasingly lower prices because they both hold positions that they can make more money. That they're saving themselves money by buying out at the lower price, right? Right. And so all of this is like you're saying. Uh, this is untethered from the actual company and what has the nothing to do with that, GameStop right. whatsoever, right? Right. And all of this, all of this, by the way, is. Uh, as far as we know, legal, right? I mean, the SEC is going to no, look into it. No, almost none like, of it is legal, right? So that's the, that's the, but what I'm saying, so how is it illegal? Like, is, it is it just like not enforced like, as a law? No, there's no such thing as a, as a legal naked short sale in this country. It's also something that is almost never prosecuted. Because is it... Is it because it's hard to prove? Is this one of those, like, I fear it's for my because life it's kind all, of thing? It's that you all just, a like, shell game. It's, it's one of those things where they can say that in this moment, this person is telling me that this is a real stock that exists, right? And then the bank and, and, and the brokerage house will say, yes, for sure, this is a real thing that exists, but we don't have to prove it for another three days. So come back in three days and we'll prove it to you. But by that point, they have already done all of the financial transactions around okay. the fictional thing that doesn't actually exist, that probably doesn't actually exist. And then, like, nobody's coming to follow up on it, right? So basically, this is just like a illegal, but it's almost unenforceable because it's hard to prove and it'll take too much whatever right i don't know how you can it, it's not clear to me how regulation works here except to say that short selling just can't happen right because it either right. requires a complete I, culture change like you would literally you'd need to change the entire culture of how the financial system operates or right. or you just make the thing illegal I, I could be wrong, but there are other countries where short selling is not legal, right? Right, but they, it's not legal done, here oh. either. That's what I'm telling you. Is that well, you can short sell here, right? Oh, you can you, short sell. Just, yes, you cannot naked yeah, short sell. I'm saying, like, yeah, not not the naked one, just fully clothed short selling. Other countries, I think it is illegal. Yeah. So, I don't know. Well, if we'll get there, you think at the very least, I, I don't know if it's already on the books, but like this artificially creating shares just so you can then say i want money on this like 140 percent worth on a company like you would think those kind of things if they started around the edges to say okay a few things we know for sure these things are illegal 
And I go back to my my theory of you set the price, the cost of whatever the punishment is to be so high. Like if it's a hard to prove thing, make it like your company's, like your basically your. It's like all of the C-suite people will never be able to work in this line of work again if your company's found guilty. Basically, make the cost so steep that maybe, maybe it will make them think right. twice. But what if we allowed all of these people to also be the ones who bankroll like the entire American economy and have given rise to an American hegemony, unlike uh, like a cultural and financial hegemonic power the the likes of which the world has never seen since the days of rome right like what if we gave those people all of that power too like i don't i don't know if we're (laughs) not to get weird about it but it's not it's not something you can come back from probably right and yeah so it's also interesting because like i think that amc so I bought a hundred dollars in AMC the other day on on Cash App. Did it go through? Cause I, you, you were able to finally get so through. So I, I tried to do that. it on Robinhood. So that was the other thing is I started playing with this last week, and I I was like, here's this small pile of money that I'm I'm just going to say, I, I I'm happy to burn it right in the right. in the pursuit of this this war against these Wall Street scumbags. I'm going to take this small amount of money and say I don't care what happens to it, and I. Right. Stuck it in. I guess I don't care either. That's right. <laughs> Stuck it in Robin Hood. Working goddamn 45 hours a week. And then, and then Robin Hood <laughs> said, no, you can't actually do that. And so the, the transactions right. didn't go through. So I got cash out. Yours didn't go through. Mine went through. I, I, I got in like 12 minutes before you, and somehow they let me slide. Yeah. I haven't. I haven't. Has this AMC? Uh, are we rich yet, Bob? Or are we? So we are up about forty dollars on the AMC investment. Which, hip hip. Which is, <laughs> it's not a, like to go from a hundred dollars to one hundred and forty isn't isn't too bad over the course of a few days. It'll probably tank. And like the smart <laughs> thing to do is to not look at it because like the question on the long run is. Do we think that AMC has a viable business model moving forward? Do we think movie theaters, and if there's a movie theater chain that's going to succeed, you have to think it's going to be AMC. Right, yeah. And for Sure, Alamo is tiny, though, relatively speaking. Yeah, I think AMC should be fine. Although, you know, every time I do go there, um, there's like no one there. But I'm assuming when the pandemic comes to a close, Memorial Day weekend, uh, It'll be back to normal, and so good time to get in on AMC. Right. More so than GameStop. I mean, the other company, BlackBerry, like who are those are garbage companies. AMC actually has a future. I also bought a hundred dollars in Nokia, which you'll remember Nokia. From, <laughs> Speaking of garbage companies, is that the one with the snake? It's game? the Finnish one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they got upgraded to a buy by a couple of different uh, ha- trading houses this week, so that that one might actually turn out to be okay too. What what do they do? They have actual phones in 2021. Yeah, do they I, do I think they have some patents. I think a big portion of their portfolio is that they have a, a great large number of patents at their disposal. So they're just they like sell. idea squatters. They just came up with the idea and they're sitting on them until right. somebody pays for them. Assholes. Anyway, it's fun and it's silly, and you should definitely not like the money that you <laughs> I, the, the money that you want to have again someday. Don't do any of this with. Put that in the index funds. Put that in. Right, yeah. 
this is just for fun stuff. I told you, Bob, uh, like two years ago, I opened an, uh, a Robinhood account and I put a hundred dollars worth of like Macy's and like what companies that I've heard of, you know. Right. And like two years later, I was at a hundred and twenty dollars, and I said, <laughs> "Boy, this is." If, if you're out there just want to throw your money around, it is much more fun to bet on whether or not a field goal is made or the over-under. Like, it's a lot more – I would rather just bet on, like, the Super Bowl or, like, just some random game, like a fight or something, right. than to wait two years to find out <laughs> you're up $20 right. on well, stupid stuff. <laughs> you're not supposed to be doing gambling in the stock. That's this the is, point. It feels like gambling. I don't know it is anything gambling. about these stuff. It's not gambling the, about no, it. No, it's 100% gambling. And the, the thrill and the rage of it as you're watching that ticker go up and down on your little phone and you're watching right. your money, like, oh, now I've got $475. <laughs> oh, now I have $350. What the fuck just happened? Uh, and then no rhyme or reason. It's just like, oh, right. it's 10 o'clock in the morning. So I don't know what the end game here is. And I don't think anybody really does. There's. Do you think this is a lightning in the bottle situation? This uh, people can't like when the dust settles. Another Reddit f- sub forum says, "Let's go after." Th-. Like it seems like all of the stars aligned for this to happen. Like there were the they somebody identified this hedge fund. And I wouldn't be surprised if there was. It's a little more sophisticated than people are letting on. It's just a bunch of frat bros on on Reddit who came up with the idea. Maybe there was some person who was working in one of those places that had inside information to say, let's all go in on this company, this random GameStop company, to cause this billion dollars of loss and for these companies to take these drastic appro- you know, actions. Right. So like, is this something that you could duplicate or is this like a once in a whatever kind of thing? That's the thing. is, it, If you can find the companies out there that are the most heavily shorted, and you can keep the price, you can elevate and then maintain that price elevation, then you can sort of have an ongoing war with Wall Street hedge funds. Do you think instituting a full disclosure provision or something, like to, to make it to where it'll be known if you're trying to be, uh, trying to be a little too cute with your uh, shorting, and so like you wouldn't want to take certain positions because everybody will know that you're over-leveraged here or there, so maybe, do you think something like that, just something as simple as, well, we can't catch everybody, but we can just let everyone know about what other people are doing at any given time? Yeah. And maybe that can kind of keep people honest. Maybe. I think the most likely outcome is that we see this really weird marriage between Wall Street types and Bernie Sanders types. By the way, this was a very uh, unusual meeting of the minds. So many people from every walk of life seems to have been in agreement on this. It's been a while since something like that has happened. Right. So everybody was basically. AOC AOC tweets that she wants to get the Robin Hood people and everybody else up on Capitol Hill for hearings to find out what the hell is going on because you're shitting on the everyday investor. And Ted Cruz like retweets it with a cosign. He's like. This or whatever he, he, he like this. By the way, does does Senator Ted Cruz have like notifications on for <laughs> Ocasio Cortez? Probably. He's, he seems to respond the hell fairly else fast does he to have whatever. To do. He doesn't have any friends anyway. <laughs> the AOC, best he can get is an enemy. We should talk about that a little bit. AOC re- responds to him retweeting her take about hearings because of the Robin Hood thing. You try to kill me by saying or whatever. You try, <laughs> sir. You tried to have me murdered. <laughs> hey, don't go chasing your clout 
on my coattails, you right. person who tried to have me murdered. Like, what are we doing? And I don't want to get into the game where it's like AOC did this thing and Marjorie Taylor Greene did this well, thing. No, no. But holy right. shit. Like, you cannot be in a situation where you're accusing Ted Cruz, who is a scumbag, who's wrong about right. most things, who is completely willing to tell us the so-called big lie for his own personal political benefit with no concern for what it means for American institutions or whatever. But for AOC to get out there and say, he wanted me murdered on the, on the House floor? Right. Murder is a bit strong, but I, you know, I wasn't there at the Capitol when this was happening. And, you know, Ted Cruz is fanning the flames. He can pretend that he didn't know that this was going to be the outcome. So the elements are there to make the charge. I think it is a bit strong, but hey, that, that's how she felt. And it what is are you exactly do? the sort of thing that Donald Trump would say, right? And I, I that it <laughs> you cannot be murdered. It cannot be over. Like if that if that's where the so-called discourse is going to be, then we really won't get anywhere. And I'm not saying that there's a good faith way to approach Ted Cruz, but I'm saying that this particular bad faith way of approaching Ted Cruz isn't going to do anybody any favors. Right, but it seems like so. The idea is that we're not just gonna let bygones be bygones, and we agree on certain things, we disagree on other things. It's just everyday at politics. But it's right? not up to so AOC to, to decide what is and is not anathema to the Republican Party, right? That's up. That's right. up to the Republican Party to decide what is and is not anathema to but the no, Republican Party. But no, but I mean, Party. I think wasn't she not speaking from her vantage point to where I was there? If if they breached the line. A few minutes, you know, any different permutation of what happened on the six, right, could have resulted in. I don't in deny harm, that right? it could have gone way worse, but it didn't right. go way worse. And you can't accuse right. the guy of trying to have her murdered because okay, maybe she's talking murder. about something else, something between the two of them. Yeah, maybe some inside information. Yeah, in a general sense, I do kind of agree with what you're getting at, but I don't know. I don't know if she's saying it just for political grandstanding or if she actually felt that way and if she actually did feel that way then why not say that she definitely doesn't right. actually feel that way get the fuck out of here so you you think is just like just no hey, it's just politics it's just down. it's just yeah. this is how you communicate in the digital age this is just what you say on instagram right this is right. this is how donald trump behaved on twitter for a decade it right. landed him in the white house right All right anyway she sucks. He sucks, too. She sucks, too. <laughs> so what's going to happen? Here's what I think is going to happen. Is a that, bunch of hearings and then nothing. Uh, sure, there'll be a bunch of hearings. Here's the worst-case scenario. It's the Wall Street people saying, you know what we need is a financial transaction tax that Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren have been championing for years because the Wall Street people have been free to do whatever the hell it is that they want. We've just instituted a small... Uh, microtransaction tax on every little thing that they do, then we'll be able to claw back some of that their ill-gotten gains. But what's what that translates to for the regulatory capture, some sort of scheme to prevent the lower rung people from like that's like, right. What, what would if it, it cost me a dollar fifty in a federal tax every time I wanted to trade a fractional share of Tesla on my Robinhood app or whatever, I wouldn't be doing nearly as much of that now, would I? Right. But you can you can fix that kind of problem. Just set a a cap. You know, if it's below a certain amount, then it doesn't apply. It just applies to the higher ups. But but except that if they if they can convince enough people, and you don't have to go far to find enough people, that 
what's going on here is dangerous to the entire stability of the entire financial system, right? That if we allow these people to use the tools that are available to them and to, to gather communally and to act in concert basically as, a, as a, the people's hedge fund or whatever, that that will introduce a level of instability to the system that won't be good for all of all of our institutions, right? And that- in, in in the in the near future, I, I do wonder though how many of the politicians who would be weighing in on this issue are tied up in stocks, right? And, and part of their wealth is derived from right. Which, by the stock. way, if you want to be the Democrats and you want to you want to show what leadership is. Why haven't you just said we are not going to permit anyone in our caucus to trade or own individual stocks, right? Like unilaterally, like all yes, the other fuckers get all the money. We're not going to do oh, this. We will. Wow. We will be the party that says we won't participate in that level of, of <laughs> unethical day, garbage. The next day, like half of the caucus is now independent. <laughs> it's like, we'll, we'll vote with the Democrats, but <laughs> change my letter to I. Yeah, I mean, I. I do you think that that would make any difference to the... I don't know, but I don't think you're going to get a law passed that does it. So you need somebody to, to make it something that, that's a source of shame for these people. And he, like the fact that Nancy Pelosi at the top of the party is making untold millions of dollars every year trading individual stocks in the stock market. It's- right. And I, I mean, a, a lot of the... A lot of the news was around the senators in Georgia making a little money from uh, privileged information, but Diane Feinstein was also caught well, up in that. There's a to lot. To be of- fair, she has no idea what's happening with anything. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's fair to be mad at her about that. that. That's why they closed her case pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> she, she had no knowledge of. Well, anything, but including this. Yeah, no, they, but they went I, to question think- Diane Feinstein about. Her trading in individual stocks and how she profited off of them. She said, I had chicken soup for lunch. <laughs> what did you have? But I, I think it will be interesting to see how – you're right. I mean I think it would make sense if they did that, but I don't think there's enough support for that because a lot of them are tied up just like the Republican members are. You know, They're no different in that regard. I think part of that is what you you talk about when you say that the Republicans uh, are they think the government is worthless and they're going to prove it to you, right? Right, right? So so part of that is, look, everybody fucking hates us anyway, and they think that it's all a grift <laughs> and a scam, and that we're just a bunch of uh, scumbag politicians who are stealing and and being unethical anyway. So why bother trying to put a happy face on it when nobody's going to believe it? Right. Regardless, it, it, it's just like the 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 effort isn't worth what you know whatever you may get out of it on the other side. You said that it's like sports gambling. Virginia recently made it legal now to bet on sports. Was this in the works? Because this kind of came out of nowhere. You mentioned that you're now gambling legally and everything. I was like, what is this? Like, uh, I'm still again, totally, <laughs> totally great. <laughs> So, you know, fun money, Lori. Great. <laughs> For what it's worth, I had money in a FanDuel account from years ago when like FanDuel first started because they did the daily fantasy thing. I don't know what year that started, but I had old money in a FanDuel account. Oh. And I was able to start that account back up again, transfer it to the sports book side of FanDuel. So that's that's actually Oh. My money. But 
<laughs> I, I promptly, like as soon as I realized I could do it, I immediately lost $5. <laughs> but then, just yesterday, on Sunday, FanDuel had a very silly promotion, which is you could bet up to $50, and they were going to it was a, a, on the Wizards versus the uh, the Brooklyn Nets, right? Yeah. And so, in reality, the Wizards were the underdog by like five or six points if you went to a, right. a, a proper sports book, right? So they were getting six points against the Nets. But with this FanDuel promotion, depending on the number of Virginians who bet up to $50 on the Wizards, they would give another point to... Oh, is that why it got so high? Because I, I so it, it got up to like plus one fifty was the final. <laughs> so there's no possible way you could have lost. Right. So they spotted the Washington Wizards 150 points, and then they went out and they actually beat the Nets anyway. They won, right? yeah, yeah, by a few points, yeah. So and a no defense game. So I bet fifty dollars on the on the Wizards plus 149 points. <laughs> and I earned on that a return of $45, right? So I started yeah. with 50 and I ended yeah. up with $95. Yeah. In like just free money, right? So FanDuel right. is so convinced that Virginia is full of complete fucking morons that <laughs> they'll just hand you $50 for free to do it's with not- what you will because they're they're Absolutely certain that I'm going to turn around on Super Bowl weekend and immediately and lose blow it. All. Yeah, right. Uh, I mean, it's not just Virginia, but yes, any state where people gamble, people will lose money. Right. Not me, though. Oh yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to just have a bunch. I'm going to get to bring up will, how, <laughs> how exactly did your family lose their fortune that they once made? Yeah. <laughs> Drinking and gambling. That's right. Speaking of which, we got into a uh, conversation with my brother the other night about because he was he was griping <laughs> about the fact that he's not independently wealthy because of things that our ancestors did. Like he was mad. It was actually that was how it came up because because right. Bob was like, "Huh, yeah, I started gambling again," and I said, "How did your family lose their fortune?" And then everyone started arguing. Right. And then Chris, so Chris is mad because there was not a sizable nest egg for him to live off of. (laughs) (laughs) It's essentially his position. Because we apparently back in like a few generations back on the British side of my family had some inventors who like helped invent various things and then Catherine came in with the reality pill of saying like actually that didn't really happen yeah especially like the the closer you get in our ancestral line it turns out it's just like fucking middle management who took credit for inventions that somebody else did but if you go back far enough there actually was like an inventor type guy who and there's something called the headley steam engine that he had a like he was the guy he was headley and he did the thing Whatever. The point is, the argument centered around whether or not inherited wealth should be a thing and how long. Would you want in- – well, well, okay, go ahead. Continue. And like – and because my, my position was that – I said to him, like, in what possible world is it ethical for you to live off of a nest egg that some dude 250 years ago built 
just by virtue of the fact that you were born to the right person. Like to me, it's obvious that the overwhelming share of material wealth that's accumulated by a person and then that person dies, that should be absolutely confiscated by by, <laughs> by the powers that be and uh, I, I, reabsorbed into the system and distributed in, a, in an ethical way. Now, the fact that oh, we no, do not have no. an ethical means of, of redistribution is a right. slight flaw in my uh, theoretical system here. Well, well, why can't they keep it? What they should do is uh, you get to keep whatever, right? But there should be some sort of stipulation. Like if you don't uh, improve your position, you can't just be just some fucking punk kid some trust fund kid, if you don't improve your position, then you lose it. By what right? metric? So How do you kind of, know yeah. what's improved? It, it, you know, uh, uh, no, I standards don't know. to be determined later. Because yeah. some of us just like to sit on our butts all day. Right, I know, but... And not bother so, anyone. You're welcome. <laughs> it's COVID. Doing my patriotic duty, not bothering anyone. <laughs> so basically, it's either leave it, leave them be, which is the current position. Bob's uh, just take it from them; it's not theirs anyway. And mine is a hybrid of just like give them yours some leeway to figure it out. I don't like yours. <laughs> yeah, is there some sort Let of the- ChiCom chi- uh, social credit score involved here, or is it just in terms of whether or not they improve on their material wealth in a material it's, uh, way? Work in progress. It's not uh, ready to be discussed yet, but there's a it's it, it's a good plan. Don't you take credit for the idea of expiring money when I mentioned? Yes, that- yes, hot potato currency. Yes, right. So, <laughs> so I, I without giving you credit for the idea, I think that uh, inherited wealth should expire. Not necessarily like all currency should expire or whatever, yeah. but if great, 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 great Grandpa Howard had built an oil empire, right, and died with $300 million U.S. dollars to his name, and then his son just can't spend it fast enough, and then the son after that just can't spend it fast enough, and all of a sudden I'm born 300 years later with a right. pile of money that I'm sitting on, in what possible way does it make any sense whatsoever that i should continue to be permitted to to sit on and spend that money it it doesn't make a whole lot of sense especially especially in a world that is run by a financial system that can create capital just from the existence of so you have the pile of money and then you try to spend the money and it the pile of money just gets fucking bigger like that's <laughs> capital just accrues on itself let me let me ask you something do you make a distinction between inherited money and just like more direct like i am i was birthed by jeff bezos or you know if jeff bezos was a woman or whomever jeff bezos is going out with like if the kid that comes out of that woman who's oh going out God. with jeff bezos <laughs> Is there is there a distinction between that person and like somebody like three generations removed from the rich money maker? Yeah, I think so. I think that if oh. if you cannot point to if you never like hung out with the person <laughs> whose whose money you're spending, <laughs> what's his favorite color? Wrong. <laughs> So like my grand my grandfather like I love the fact that my grandfather is able to like give my kids Christmas and birthday presents every year right like that's really that's really nice he made a pile of money in his life and he's retired and he's right just but you know, people it. don't choose how long they I mean for the most part you know sometimes they die right I know and and so that Chris brought that up he's like so how is it okay that if I die that that my child doesn't get what I earned or I did right. all of this work and I did it for the family which by the way. You go. What are we? We're watching Twenty Four. 
It's so good. We let you cut all the twenty four talk out of last week's episode. It's such a proto. Uh, I mean, it's proto everything, but like that character is such a proto Walter White in a way. Probably doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but. But Jack Bauer insists that he's doing everything for his family. Like he's threatening, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> threatening to murder innocent people who he just happened to come across on the side of the road. Right. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I'll kill you <laughs> because of my family. Got my Initially family. family. And then it extends to the country is now his family, you know. But like, no, yeah, no, the first not season. in the first episode. I mean, the first season. It's yeah, just yeah, he's talking about very... his immediate family. Right, right. Which uh, right. gets cut in half by the end of the yeah. season. So, right. But that's a uh, you know motivating uh, you know principle. Right, and that's have. fine. And that's it's an important <laughs> aspect of the entire thing that makes the world go round. Right, that people are right. are trying to work hard to secure a better future for their immediate progeny and that's thanks boomers that's probably good but i don't know how far that should extend and i certainly don't know that it should extend in any meaningful way to these people who have just ungodly sums of acquired wealth uh that like there's no amount of work that like, like at some point the amount of work that you're doing does not track with the amount of money that you're bringing in in any like there's right. no there's absolutely no connection to the fact that Bill Gates who retired from work <laughs> like 20 years ago right and had a big pile of money and has done almost everything in his power to spend that money as quickly right. as possible right. and is only getting wealthier as time goes on right Right. There's no reason. When you have that, yeah, I mean when you have that kind of money it just makes money on its own just by interest or just investing it. Right. You're but, bound to, you know, you'll you'll be fine. Right, and we shouldn't that shouldn't be allowed. Like there should be a way but, of changing that. Right. You would think you'd get enough support for that, you know? Cuz it didn't affect almost anybody except right. the future like that this could be me in the future you know maybe that's what chris is thinking it's like i'm setting myself up for the next five generations get right, out but, of my way bob so what is that that's the other thing i don't understand the next five you're dead you're <laughs> yeah, as i said to him you're not a thing anymore why don't you like you're, overlooking things you know that's not how this sur- works there is no survey. heaven there is no afterlife stop playing the stupid fantasy games none of that is real you're just dead and in 60 years after you die anyone who knew you is also dead none of that but matters how, how that's most likely true but how silly would you look bob if you're Looking over, Bob's are worried about impo- looking silly. Like Calvin's impoverished children, like oh, Dad, what are we gonna eat today? Like, I oh. would just be pissed at them for not figuring out how to eat today. What like what gift are you giving to anyone when you provide Teach a man them to fish. when you right when you provide you them with unlimited material uh, wealth? But, but what if it frees up for you to think, you know, higher level thinking, Bob? You know, oh, back yeah, in the day, that's what we're getting with would... the fucking Trump kids. That's that's the lesson of succession is that the kids are free. That's right. Look at Eric. I'm sure he's the thing he thinks to do the important work of humanity. <laughs> Artwork no, is right, born but, you know. of purely of suffering. Right. <laughs> Having a little money is good. Just too much, it'll spoil you. 
That's right. But, you know, the thing is, like, the money will be spent on something stupid anyways. Why not let them keep it, you know? What are we doing all the – what are we spending all our money on right, anyway? Right. That's what I said at the beginning of this conversation is that the entire – my entire premise is made absurd by the fact that we don't have institutions that can properly spend any of these resources anyway, right? Right. And also, I, I, I think one of the things that governments in the, in, in the long run should do is to have some sort of positive feedback to see, okay, yeah, some of your money is being taken from taxes, but look at the actual good that's happening. But you don't actually see that because you a lot of the— You do see that. Just look the fuck around. I mean, for most people, they just take for granted, like, the roads and stuff like yeah, that, right? Yeah, no, but, I agree but, with you. Take for granted that incredibly like, shitty roads is part of the problem, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> federal roads are amazing. The right. interstates also, are amazing. Also, all these uh, inventors, somebody needs to come up with a cheaper way to to to, to have roads because it seems like it's very expensive. <laughs> whatever the hell we're using now, and it doesn't What's last the forever. Deal with roads. <laughs> you would think. I mean, they have all this like new technology with batteries and stuff. Why can't they come up with some They're sort working of on it. genius? Well, faster people. The utter lack of, and reasonably so, faith in institutions is what's driving the whole GameStop story too. Like the question that is being asked by these people is why should we bother to trust Wall Street as an institution if all they do is steal, 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 and that there's functionally no way to hold them accountable. And as silly silly as it is to imagine a bunch of idiots on Reddit getting together and burning $500 at a time in the hopes that they're going to punish uh, these Wall Street bankers – it also feels like they're doing something that, that might eventually prove meaningful, and at least in the moment feels meaningful. It, it, it's likely that this is going to be a short-lived moment. Uh, the, the rich people will continue to be rich. But they might be slightly less rich, just like a teensy yes. bit. <laughs> and that'll make them sad. You've been listening to Cast Iron Brains, a podcast with Bob and Abe. Find the show on Facebook or Twitter. Also email the show, brainironpodcast at gmail.com. Opening and closing themes of the show were composed by Mark Gillig. I take it uh, both uh, Lori and you, Bob, are uh, taking the Chiefs? I'm just I'm just happy to watch. I kind of hope the Chiefs win, okay. but I mostly hope it's a good game. I hope for missed field goals, and then let's see what happens. The uh, Chiefs, I believe, are like a three-point favorite. This is an unusual right. game. The game is being played in Tampa Bay, and Tampa Bay... It's not just unusual, it's one unprecedented. Of the yep, it's never happened before. In front of 22-some-odd thousand? Like, what a bummer. The first time that the Super Bowl's been at a home yeah. field and they can't even pack it. It's so right. sad. Yes, it's so sad that people can't spend fucking $2,000 a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> but that's one of the, the I guess, the good... Things that it's these two teams, like the Brady, who's won it a million times before, and Kansas City, who's about to repeat or maybe repeat. If it was like the Bills or some team that's never won it and they win it in front of a mostly empty crowd, that would have sucked. Like, wait until right. everybody's around to watch it. Yeah, because Josh Allen's going to have a lot of... He's going to have oh, a lot of you, licks he's at a, this. A rich man's Jay Cutler that... Uh, Josh Allen, he's going to be good. Yeah, I'll figure out some very dumb parlay so that I can lose my money on what should be otherwise a sure thing, which is just bet the Chiefs and be done with it. And, and prove all those people say, oh, can't believe they, they must think low of us Virginians That's right. giving us 45 easy dollars and then you'll spend it on some weird thing. Uh, I'll, I'll do a, 
obnoxious parlay where Mecole Hardman is both the first player to score a touchdown and also uh, the first to turn over a ball or something. <laughs> that is, <laughs> which is <laughs> that's likely to happen. <laughs> basically guaranteed to happen. His entire He's Georgia had a lot career of was pun- yeah. a, a yeah. long series of just shockingly gorgeous athletic plays, followed immediately by him coughing the ball to the other team at the exact wrong moment. Right. Have a little faith. He's an adult now. Yeah, he did it last week. <laughs> just just literally <laughs> last week. He looked like uh, the greatest of all time and also was nearly the goat of the whole game, getting in right. himself in trouble. I, uh, I do like that the Chiefs, in their recent playoff runs, have consistently fallen far behind, like two <laughs> scores down. And I would, yeah. it's going to be really great. If the Chiefs fall like two or three scores behind Tom Brady, only for Mahomes to come back and win it in the fourth quarter. <laughs> it almost seems like they're spotting the other team. Like, you know, this is so easy for us. We'll give you the 10 or the 14, yeah. and then we'll actually start playing. Very fun team, the Chiefs. That's what Alabama does. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't get to a lot of things in the rundown because all that shit's sort of boring. The uh, interesting things that have happened in the Trump in Trump world the last week or that he lost all of his lawyers <laughs> uh, a week and a half before his second impeachment trial begins, his whole legal team quit and he had to hire but a couple new ones. He, he's asking them, which to me, there's a logic to it now that he has assurances that they're not going to vote to convict. Not enough people are going to flip on him. Why not use this as just a another opportunity to just further his bullshit? So, like, I think the lawyers, he told them, make the case that I did what I did because this was a stolen election. That's right. Like, in the trial. Trump's, Trump's defense isn't I didn't do it. Trump's defense <laughs> is it was justified. Just That's how he's can't. always been. It starts with I didn't do it, and then right. it goes to I might have done it, and then it right. goes and to, well, I did it, but only because the media was mean to me. Right, right, and then it's your fault. Basically, it's, like it's just a rundown of things, but it would be very fitting if uh, the, I don't know who these crackpot lawyers that he got now, but they're not the A-team, obviously, uh, if they actually just did his bidding and then just have all those Republican senators still acquit him after <laughs> he makes the claim that this whole thing was stolen and he was justified in his actions. It would just be good on the on the historical note of how this whole thing played out. Only important thing this week is fuck Tom Brady, obviously. <laughs> but that's the important thing every week. Abe, you uh, got anything else for us tonight, buddy? Nope. Well, I guess that's all we've got for tonight, then. And we will talk to you next time. Later. What what happened with your Twitter account and the uh, company page? Well, first, mine was taken down because we have all the election fraud with these Dominion machines. We have 100 percent proof. And then I when they took it down uh, about my, three weeks my, ago, 
I, and then I put it back up. My personal, I put it. It was a Mike. Thing about uh, thank you very much, Mike. Mike, I, you're talking about machines uh, that that we at Newsmax have not been able to verify any of uh, those kinds of allegations. We just want to let people know that there's nothing substantive that we've seen. And let me read you something there. While there were some clear evidence of some cases of vote fraud and election irregularities, the election results in every state were certified. And Newsmax accepts the results as legal and final. The courts have also supported that view. So right. we so, wanted so to talk to you about place. canceling you culture, you if you will. We don't want to relitigate the, like the, the wait, wait, uh, wait, allegations wait, wait, that you're wait. making, Mike, because I'm, I'm we, we, we understand where you are. So let me ask you this. Do you think that this should be temporary because it appears to be permanent? Could you make an argument that it is temporary? What? <laughs> could you make an argument that this could be a temporary banning rather than permanent? No, I want it to be a permanent because you know what? They did this because I'm revealing all the evidence on Friday of all the election fraud with these machines. So I'm sorry if you okay. think it's not uh, Mike, real. I, I, can I ask point. our producers, can we uh, get out of here, please? Uh, I, I don't want to have to keep going over this. Actually, we at Newsmax Mike, have not been able wait, to verify any of those allegations. Wait, that you're, you're, Mike, okay. hold on you a second. Everybody hold on a second. Mike, Mike, hold on one second. Uh, let's talk a little bit about just what is happening overall in terms of censorship. Of cancel out my company and myself okay. in this country is cancel culture. It's such a perfect corollary to your status quo, like thing, right? Which is that yeah. you're you're the guy in the 1920s who is like, yeah, I fucking love the Yankees. The Yankees just win. Why, why would you choose to root for anyone but the Yankees? Because the Yankees right. always win. the proud owner and frequent displayer of Tom Brady's face.